Right then guys, hello and welcome back to the FKFM podcast. This is episode 9 of the education series and today we're talking all about fats. So we've gone through the macros uh, in regards to you know protein, carbs, so we're now going to touch on the final one of the three which is fats um, and then in subsequent episodes we'll be going into more detail on nutrition in regards to things like nutrient timing and um things like supplementation we can go into as well so just working through the the different topics as we as we sort of go along from starting off really basic and then working over time to um sort of a little bit more complex over over the the topics so what are fats is is the first sort of thing we're going to cover you know what are they um and what i'm talking about are dietary fats you know i'm not talking about body fat so when i say you know fat in this podcast i mean dietary fat I don't mean body fat. So dietary fat refers to um, fats and oils that we find in food um, and they're made up of fatty acids. And there's two different types of fatty acids which are saturated and unsaturated, which you'll have all, I'm sure, heard about saturated and unsaturated fat, different forms of fat. Saturated fats are, are the ones that are solid at room temperature and unsaturated are, are liquid at room temperature. And usually unsaturated fats are considered the, the healthier of the two types of, of fat. Um... And there are two forms of um, unsaturated fat, which are monounsaturated and, and polyunsaturated. Um, and it's the, the polyunsaturated fat, which includes things like omega-3 and omega-6. Um, so that's sort of the, the very basic level um, as to sort of what, what fats are. Um, so like I say, you've got those, those different types of different forms. Um, you've also got trans fat as well, which is naturally in in some foods but in very small amounts um it's in some meats and some dairy products but it is generally primarily in um sort of foods that are like like processed foods so artificial trans fat um is is in you know things like chocolate and more so processed foods you know donuts pastries these kind of things um so generally i would say try and and, and reduce your um your intake of trans fats um it is worth trying to keep them to a minimum um uh, where possible um main reason being that generally they're they're gonna result in you're not really getting much out of those types of fats you're not getting it from a, a nutritional level you know, you're not really getting any essential fatty acids from them you're not getting the benefit of increasing your um hdl cholesterol um you're getting an increase in ldl with no real increase in hdl like you would with uh, with other fats so it's just generally um that you know you you know that everyone knows that it's not going to be beneficial to prioritize trans fats or processed foods things like pastries chocolate etc is as your diet you know yeah in in moderation in small amounts of course but you don't want to be basing the majority of your dietary fats around those and you want to be more so looking at unsaturated fats and like i say um those that are including more essential fatty acids the omega-3 and 6 so the omega-3 and and 6 um are the the essential fatty acids basically Um, they're the ones i'm going to cover you have got omega-9 as well um but we're going to cover omega-3 and 6 um, as, as the primary two. So linoleic acid or LA um, is an omega-6 fatty acid. So that is, if, if you see omega-6, it basically means linoleic acid. That is what it is. And then you've got alpha linoleic acid, um, which is ALA, um, and that's omega-3. 
So you've got omega-3 and omega-6, um, and they contain essential fatty acids. They are generally um, the, the, the sort of primary um, focus when it, comes, when it comes to your dietary fats. That's really what you're looking for um, if you're trying to, let's say, optimize your fat intake for example likewise with protein um when it comes to protein you're looking at essential amino acids and leucine um likewise when it comes to fats we're looking at essential fatty acids and omega-6 and omega-3 um so yeah they these contain the essential fatty acids which are epa and dha so they're the two primary essential fatty acids i'm not even going to try and pronounce their names because they're ridiculously long it's like uh, well, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna try. I just said I'm not gonna try. So I'm not gonna try. And after I've said that, so it's EPA and DHA. So if you were to look at a um, packet of salmon, if you were to look at uh, the back of a fish oil supplement, um, you will see EPA and DHA, and it, that is what it will say on the back. And they're your, your essential fatty acids. So basically, what they are are the 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 building blocks of of healthy fat. If you think of essential amino acids of the building blocks of protein, we've got. Um, the essential fatty acids as the building blocks of, of healthy fat um, and we obviously need to consume these healthy fats for, for numerous reasons which I'm, I'm going to come on to in a second um, in regards to the essential fatty acids and, and how you get them in it, it's not only through supplementation a lot a lot of the time people think you can only get sort of fish oil or omega-3 or omega-6 through supplementation they don't really see it through food and that's because it is hard to get through food and they're classed as essential fatty acids because our body can't synthesize them so they're essential because we need to get them through food or supplementation likewise the same with essential amino acids so you could obviously have a supplementation of it and i would recommend that but you should also look to increase it through your your food um, which will come on to as to how you can get it in so why do we need to consume fats um generally you know like any macronutrient they all play uh, an important role so dietary fats provide us with with energy like obviously any calorie does any any form of calorie does um but it also they help with nutrient absorption um as well as brain and nerve function um, hormone regulation um insulation as well so they've got numerous factors as to why we need to consume them some unsaturated fatty acids are essential as i've said you know in terms of the essential fatty acids of epa and dha so therefore we must get them in through food or supplementation they're not going to be synthesized through the body um so epa is one of the the two um that and it helps lower triglycerides um along with obviously having a balanced diet and and exercise and being in a caloric deficit can also help with that but EPA is a, a, a vital one help uh, with with lowering triglycerides, which is a form of, of fats, by the way. Um, obviously, you're going to get benefits of, of lowering triglycerides and lowering fat in regards to just general health and general body composition. There aren't any um, sort of long, or there's, there's been long-term trials that have uh, found that there's not really a correlation between having higher levels of epa and having a reduction in the rate of, of cardiac uh, events so it's hard to say that it doesn't just because of that trial it's hard to say that having higher levels of epa won't help reduce your risk of of basically heart diseases and, and cardiac events but there aren't any sort of or there isn't any strong research behind that but i would suggest that generally you know people who prioritize um 
healthier fats in their diet are likely going to be people who are also prioritizing things like being active and being conscious of how much food they're consuming their total calories and being well hydrated and prioritizing their sleep and generally a more health conscious individual and obviously if you put all of those together you're going to put yourself at a, in a better position to reduce the risk of, of any kind of illness and and obviously heart disease being one of those also with um, EPA it has anti-inflammatory properties so it can help in regards to um, joint pain and any, any form of pain really um, help in terms of recovery as well from training um, so it is again important to, to focus on having these fats in the diet. Um, and then you've got DHA, which is the other primary essential fatty acids. So DHA has more of a, a role in um, aiding brain function um, as well as eye health. Um, so generally, if you are an individual who, let's say, is maybe struggling when it comes to um, general sort of cognitive function, then it might be worth looking at a um, omega-3 or it might be looking at worth looking at a fish oil uh, supplement as well as trying to increase your overall um, essential fatty acids within the diet just for general um, brain function you know I'll have some clients who they're coming to me say I've, I've got them on let's say 40 grams of fat and they're eating like 20 and they're wondering why they feel horrendous um, and it's like well you know you, you're not really getting hardly any fats in you're probably getting just trace fats in every day no essential fatty acids at all you're not really going to feel great for that it's like you know if you were to try and cut protein or carbs completely you know to 20 grams you're not going to feel good um, yes you can still be eating in a, in a hypercaloric diet so you could still be gaining weight but you're not going to feel very good for that likewise you can still be losing weight but you're not going to feel good for that um also, DHA um, can play a, an important role in early pregnancy for, for child development and, and, and in young children as well. Um, it's a good idea for, for pregnant women in early stages and for children in early stages um, to make sure they're eating enough essential fatty acids to get enough DHA in um, and for, for pregnant women at the start to, to supplement a little bit more as well isn't a bad idea at all um and then you've got the idea of having like the ratio of the two so is there like a given ratio is there an optimal ratio for the two um and not really they both have different functions in the body um as i've just explained there as to what they generally do um so it's sort of i guess you could look at what you need more for example so if you're obviously a pregnant woman you're going to look at having a little bit more um, dha whereas if you let's say are someone who struggles with um, joint pain potentially then it might be an idea to look at increasing um, the overall EPA in your diet um, and you can you can have a look generally EPA will be in a greater quantity when it comes to supplementation but you can obviously look um, at supplements you can look at foods um, that contain them and generally salmon is the salmon or, or oily fish um, is, is where you're going to get the majority of those essential fatty acids from within the diet um, and obviously if you don't like if you don't like fish then it would be a good idea to probably have a a supplement a supplement of fish oil or or an omega supplement in there um fats obviously as well as the the benefits there in terms of the essential fatty acids fats themselves aid in satiation um so basically that what i mean by that is that they'll help you feel more full um the more fats that you consume within the diet and the reason for that generally is that they're going to slow down 
the the digestion of the meal and when i speak about fats now i'm I'm not talking about trans fats i'm talking more about you know unsaturated fats the fats that i've just spoken about there um they're going to help in regards to slowing down the the um, digestion of food and therefore you're going to feel fuller for longer which can help when it comes to obviously in a a fat loss phase trying not to over consume calories Um, and they also play a role in controlling sort of the um the glycemic response um you can you can utilize fats prior to training to control your your blood sugar levels throughout uh, the the session and, and prevent yourself from going hypoglycemic by having a little bit more fats prior to training can help slow down those carbs and again give you a little bit more energy and keep your your blood sugar levels stable for longer during the the session so how do we utilize fats how does the body use them so the the a normal fat cell in the body uh, is just there to store energy um, so if we're storing fat we're generally storing energy um, so when we're in a caloric surplus when we're consuming more calories than we're expending our body will basically expand the number of fat cells and the size of the fat cells within it um, to accommodate that extra food that extra energy that we're not utilizing so if we're consuming more food and more energy than we need in terms of our daily processes in the body our daily expenditure our training if we're consuming more than we're actually exerting and that we need then our body will just store that um, and it will increase the size and the amount of fat cells to be able to do that Um, it also can put sort of start uh, depositing sort of fatty deposits onto your muscles uh, your organs like your liver um, and, and anywhere to create some space to basically hold more fat um and and to to get the the those extra calories to to hold them within the body um i think you know in the past when the when humans needed to store more fat for periods where we might not go with any food you know years and years ago when it was a case of you didn't know where the next meal was going to come from then it was a good idea to have a good amount of body fat stored um to again you know survive basically whereas now you know we don't really need to do that um it doesn't make sense to try and store a hell of a lot of body fat you know especially not to excessive levels where it's going to become really unhealthy um so yeah basically um when we are over consuming food our body is going to expand the 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 fat cells and the amount of fat cells to to store that hence why we can get fatter and fatter and fatter by consuming more and more and more calories when we're not utilizing them um so when we're in a, a deficit so on the other hand when we're expending more calories than we're consuming the body does a couple of different things to utilize that that fat and basically to burn the fat so first what it's going to do is it's going to use the the energy stored in the fat cells to fuel any activity um, and then it will also stop putting away the new or the, the calories consumed it will stop putting those calories away uh, for storage because we don't need them for storage anymore we're we're not able to store them because we're utilizing them basically so if you're under consuming calories compared to what you're expending you don't have enough calories to store so you can't store any more body fat hence why we start to tap into fat stores and lose body fat so how that works is that we'll basically our brain will signal for our fat cells to release energy in order to help us because we're not consuming enough of it through food therefore we you know we're not consuming enough to to use and, and store anymore so our body thinks okay right we're not getting enough going in so we need help from the stores that we've got so what your 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 
fat cells will then do will release fatty acids into the bloodstream to utilize those as energy uh, so your body's going to then break those fatty acids down use that as energy um and and sort of the the the, the energy that is stored in the fatty acids will be then utilized as as energy for the body to use within its processes and, and day to day um there will be some scraps from that process of the body breaking down those fatty acids and those scraps are disregarded through breathing as, as carbon dioxide um, and also in your urine so that is often you know when people go oh you burn burn your fat through sweat is just fat crying well realistically it's, it's not um, you could say when you're in a deficit when you go to the toilet and have a wee you could go oh my wee is my fat leaving my body which it, it actually is um, likewise when you're breathing you could be saying oh I'm, I'm burning fat through the air that I'm, ex I'm, I'm breathing out and it, and it actually is um, which is a bit strange and a lot of people you know you don't really see it like that because you know you don't think day-to-day -day just breathing and going to the toilet is burning your fat but if you're eating in a deficit then that is what is is occurring if you're in a negative energy balance then that is how your body is burning that fat so then over time uh, the body will directly extract the energy or the calories um from the food that you're that you're putting in because you're generally going to almost be if you imagine the leaner that you get the less fat you have to tap into so you're almost going to have to utilize the food meal by meal so that's why as you get leaner and leaner you generally it can get harder and harder you almost feel like you're living meal by meal to provide you with that energy so for example me now i'm what am i about 25 pounds above what i was when i was at my leanest in prep like i could go a full however many days without eating and i and probably feel all right i could go at least a day without eating and i'd be like oh i don't really feel like i need to eat um i'd probably be like my body would be a bit confused because i'm usually eating every like two and a half to four hours but it'd be a bit i'd be absolutely fine i've got enough fat stored to manage whereas when i was almost like competing around that time like i was generally I knew every time it was time for a meal, like I knew because my body was just battered and I felt fatigued, ready to eat the next meal. It was like you eat and then you use that energy that you've eaten for the next two, three hours and then it's okay, you need to eat again because you've just used all that energy. And that's kind of how it felt, the leaner you get because you're just utilizing the, the food, the energy coming in through the food versus being able to tap into many fat stores because you've not really got many left. Um, so yeah that's kind of what the body will do over time is wh when you get leaner your body's going to start to use the the food coming in uh, as its primary um, as its primary energy source um, so yeah if you obviously continue to do that over time you get leaner and leaner you're going to become healthier um, especially this is looking at like an obese individual if they're really overweight um, and, and generally they're in a position where they, they need to lose a lot in order to just become much healthier um, then that is generally how the how the body works in order to, to lose fat over time by being in a, in a caloric deficit consistently and adhering to that that is how your body over time reduces fat um, and, and generally gets the, the the individual much healthier um, and if we can you know maintain that over time we can manage our energy balance if you can control you know your energy in and your energy out you can dictate exactly where your general weight goes and where your body composition goes um, which is something that a lot of people struggle with but if you learn about it and control things in, in and, and actually adhere to it over time you'll be able to feel in control of, of everything you do with your body you know if you want to gain a little bit of weight you know how if you want to lose a bit of weight you know how if you feel fatigued and you 
maybe need a, a deload or a refeed or whatever it may be you know over time you'll learn and you understand what the body needs and, and how to adapt to that so that is kind of how we utilize it in a roundabout way i've gone a little bit on, on a few tangents there but that is kind of how our body utilizes fats um in a surplus and in a, in a deficit as well so how uh, how much fat do we need in the diet um so what i would say is there's not going to be a, a perfect range or a perfect number obviously the same when it comes to protein and carbs as well but often a lot of people tend to especially in the let's say modern bodybuilding diet people will often under eat fats or not not under eat fats but they will prioritize protein and carbs and there's a lot of warrant to doing that you know there's a lot of research behind a high protein and a high carb diet when it comes to performance and hypertrophy so fats often do take a, a bit of a hit in in the so-called bodybuilding diet um, but i would suggest that you have a baseline um, and generally what i would go for would be at least like 0.3 grams per pound for the for the general population so let's say a 200 pound individual like ideally 60 grams plus of, of fats and as well you've got to focus on the, the the type of fats you're getting in if you're getting 60 gram of fats in every day through trans fats you're not really going to be feeling great and you're going to be consuming quite a lot of sort of less nutritious foods whereas if you're getting maybe 40 50 grams of that fat through um, unsaturated fat and then you're getting some fat through um or unsaturated and saturated fat and then you're getting maybe a little bit of fats through trace uh, trans fats here and there obviously that's not going to be an issue um you, it's like anything in, in moderation isn't really a problem and i wouldn't want people to think oh i can't eat that ever and and completely eliminate things from a from a diet because if you start restricting yourself too much that's when it starts to become a problem and you end up over consuming because you've been restricting yourself so much so yeah i would generally say sort of 0.3 grams per pound as a minimum i think you can get away with having slightly less than that if you're in a, a hypocaloric diet and also if you're a heavier individual so if you're in a fat loss phase let's say you're a 250 pound guy who's generally very very well muscled you're probably not going to need to push fats up at one point uh, sorry 0.3 gram per pound where it'd be quite high at 250 grams at 250 pounds or 300 pound individual for example so that'd be uh, 90 grams of, of fat a day you know if they're in a fat loss phase they may not need to to have it quite that high um obviously it's going to come down to individual preference some people do work well or work better on slightly higher fats in, in in either phase whether you're in a gaining phase or in a fat loss phase some people do work well with higher fats and they actually find it easier to adhere um, rather than restricting the fats quite low and prioritizing carbs and, and protein as much as possible they quite like to have a little bit higher fats which is obviously absolutely fine if that works better for the the individual what i would say is just make sure that you have um, a good amount of essential fatty acids in so looking at having um, a good amount of epa and dha or a good amount of omega 3 in in the diet um through um oily oily fish um or through some supplementation as well um so one reason that i wouldn't recommend having or a few reasons i guess that i wouldn't recommend recommend having a a really high fat diet or like a keto diet for example would be first of all the performance benefits from from carbohydrates are there to be seen in in all the research um it's 
crazy the difference that carbs can make to an individual i've had a lot of clients that come to me and they're never eating really enough carbs you start pumping them with carbs and they start to grow and it's like oh yeah it's crazy it's like it's not really you've just been under fueling your body for so long um it's not just carbs as well it is calories a lot of the time people are under consuming calories but if you can get someone eating a good amount of carbohydrates and a good amount around the training window you know that will be a huge huge benefit to their training performance and also to their general look as well and their recovery um so that is one reason i wouldn't recommend having a, a really high fat diet also you've got the fact that having eating higher fats can make it easier to overconsume calories so even though i spoke about how they can help satiate you and how they can help slow down the digestion of food they can also if you're let's say not if you're not careful with it if you're maybe not tracking how many fats you're consuming and you just have you just like higher fat foods you can easily overconsume calories through that because of the caloric weight of fat so fats are weigh nine calories per gram whereas protein and carbs only weigh four so per one gram of fat you're getting in over double the amount of calories than one gram of protein or carbs so they hold more caloric weight therefore it's easier to consume more calories through them um, they also provide the lowest thermic effect uh, of food value so they only have a thermic effect of food of zero to five percent generally or around zero to five percent so what that means is the calories that you consume through fats only zero to five percent of those are needed in order to utilize burn and, and, and absorb those fats basically whereas with carbs and protein especially it's much higher than that like i spoke about in the protein episode um, having high protein is a good idea not just from the fact of muscle growth and repair but also due to the fact of the the thermic effect of food value um, and the fact that it generally is going to be harder to put on body fat through protein because your body has to work harder to utilize that protein um, and it, you're generally going to expend more calories through eating that protein and, and using it than you are through fats so like i say some people might really enjoy a higher fat diet some people might benefit from having slightly higher fats and that's absolutely fine it is very individual dependent of course but when it comes to optimizing performance and when it comes to um generally trying to let's say especially in a in a fat loss phase i think when it comes to trying to hold on to that performance it makes a lot more sense to prioritize carbohydrates and protein than it does to uh to prioritize fats so in terms of a certain amount of essential fatty acids so uh, epa and dha um, the minimum recommended amount is 250 milligrams a day um i would generally recommend more than that you know it's very much like the recommended amount of protein is 50 grams a day which is ridiculous so i would recommend more than that i would generally say and i do to my clients i recommend a gram um in there in their in their supplementation sheet that's what i, I have through supplementation and food uh, aiming for uh, a gram of um of epa and dha in total um generally like i say you know you can have a look on the back of of um of food especially like salmon and see what's in it but you can also have a look on the back of your um omega-3 or fish oil supplementation uh, to see what it contains in, in what quantity um in regards to supplementation like i say i would recommend it because not a lot of people are going to be able to get a good amount of essential fatty acids in just through the diet not just through taste but also through cost and through just 
maybe wanting to change up the diet not wanting oily fish every day there are other options but generally you know oily fish like salmon is, is going to be your, your best bet to get the most in through your food um so if you're not really one to want to have a lot of that and i, I would generally recommend uh, some form of fish oil as a supplement anyway for, for everyone just as a just for general health um krill oil is a is a good choice of supplement due to its higher bioavailability um than fish oil so basically it's easier for the uh, the body to absorb it and utilize it um so krill oil is a good one or a krill oil mix um with omega-3 sort of fish oil um i think i'm pretty sure the cmp one that i've got at the minute is yeah it's a mix of krill oil and um is it is it flaxseed as well um but yeah obviously you can have a look when it comes to um, your supplementation um, and your food so when it comes to sort of nutrient timing for fats when when should we be consuming fats um there is a lot more research on carbs and protein when it comes to nutrient timing and that makes sense because they generally play more of a role around performance and recovery um so there's not as much uh, on fats I think, like I spoke about earlier, it, there is a benefit definitely to including a small amount of fats um, prior to training. Um, to be fair, any, anywhere it, it's not going to be, it's not going to be an issue having fats throughout the day, uh, even in the post-workout meal. Um, I know a lot of people will sort of say you can't have any fats in that meal, and you definitely can. I would recommend keeping them to a minimum if you can, and the reason for that isn't because isn't solely because you want to rapidly replenish glycogen um you're not going to have depleted glycogen massively enough to be like we need to rapidly replenish it but it's more so the case that after we've trained we're in a good position to utilize food and we have a good appetite for the most part so if we can make the most of that by eating more carbs it makes sense you know if we're generally in the best spot of the day to utilize carbohydrates we should get more carbohydrates in at that time and if eating less fats there helps us get more carbohydrates in then we generally should do so that is why i always recommend people to, to try and push carbs high post-workout and try and limit the fats not necessarily to rapidly replenish glycogen but more so because the fats may sort of limit your ability to get the amount of carbs in that we want um so yeah i think you know including a small amount of fats isn't an issue anywhere in the day um you can have it in any meal um and can definitely be beneficial um prior to training um in regards to slowing down the uptake of carbohydrates and controlling your glycemic response and your blood sugar levels um so yeah they, there's not like i say not a huge amount to cover in terms of nutrient timing but don't stress about where you have it too much feel free to have it anywhere within the day um a little bit pre-workout is a good idea in regards to slowing down the, the uptake of food um if you can utilize more carbs by keeping the fats lower post-workout then do so but if you're someone who likes having higher fats post-workout and you can still get a good amount of carbs in then then that's not an issue at all so how to get the food in obviously or how to get the um the uh, essential fatty acids in i've spoke about throughout the most uh, majority of the podcast so majority of um your fats ideally you want to be getting in uh, through unsaturated sources so things like oily fish like i spoke about salmon being a, a main one nuts as well um or so nuts nut and nut oil so something like macadamia oil as well um seeds um, as well as seed oil like uh, flaxseed oil um, and vegetable oil so generally like i spoke about at the beginning um the uh, unsaturated fats are liquid at, at room temperature so 
oils, not, like I say, nut oil, seed oil, vegetable oil, all good choices to, to just add to meals here and there to uh, to help get, one, get calories in, especially if you're in a hypercaloric diet, if you're trying to get food in in the gaining phase and you struggle with getting your fats in, then having those types of oils is, is, is a good a good way to get that in. Um, but also just to, uh, to get the benefit of the uh, essential fatty acids in the diet. And then when it comes to easy ways to get it in, like um, foods that are maybe a bit more enjoyable and more to people's taste, I would recommend dark chocolate and nut butters. Um, to Obviously, nut butters, just like I spoke about with nut oil, um, are a good source. Um, generally, especially if you get like a, a good nut butter, um, you'll be able to get a, a good source of essential fatty acids within that. Um, but dark chocolate is a good one. Generally, really easy to get in as well. Affordable, enjoyable. Um, you know, Like I say, I understand not a lot of people are going to maybe want to have fish in their diet or they might not like nuts or having oil on their foods etc so dark chocolate and nut butter is a good one generally and um, they're good ones to to help get the fats in so that is pretty much everything there covered it's a bit sporadic in terms of the order that i went through everything so i hope that uh, everybody sort of understood uh, the little tangents that i went on but just as a quick wrap up as a summary um so fats shouldn't be overlooked within the diet they often are in a let's say modern bodybuilding diet but they shouldn't be overlooked um, due to their vital role in things like hormone regulation, cognitive function uh, and health and cardiovascular health as well. Dietary fats don't directly lead to gaining body fat. Um, so over-consuming calories or being in a, a hypercaloric diet is what leads to gaining body fat, not fats themselves. They're two separate things. Um, however, fats do have the highest caloric value and the lowest thermic effect value. Um, of the macronutrients therefore it may be easier to over consume calories through having higher fats uh, i would aim for a gram or around a gram of epa and dha daily through food supplementation obviously depending on the individual um, as well looking to which you maybe need more of especially like i spoke about earlier in terms of early pregnancy um Generally, in terms of nutrient timing, fats aren't as relevant as carbs or protein, um, so don't stress too much about that. And aim for the majority of your fats to come from unsaturated fat and reduce the consumption of trans fats where possible. So I'll leave it there, guys. I hope everyone enjoyed the episode. If you've got any questions at all, don't hesitate to ask, and I will catch you all in the next one.